1: Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Thursday, it is December 12th, 2019, and we are here to talk week 15 NFL. I'm joined by my good buddy Genie for 07. Grant, I'm just I'm glad I didn't sleep through our um, you know, scheduled time today.
2: Yeah, I'm proud of you for waking up. I'm really proud.
1: (laughs) So, yes, um, you know, appreciate you jumping on here last minute, uh, filling in for Will, and, um, you know, you know, let's get this get thing rolling here. A lot of, lot of games to cover, so we're going to jump right in. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. Awesome sponsors of the podcast. They got a ton of stuff going on for NFL this weekend, as they have had all season. They got their $175,000 Hooters main event, they are $40,000 wishbone, $4 buy-in tournament, they got all kinds of stuff. They got big double ups and 50-50s, $5, $10, $2, $25, they got a big $125 tournament, so ton of stuff going on over there on Fantasy Draft. If you haven't checked them out, make sure you head on over there. Like I said, awesome, awesome sponsors of the podcast. We're going to start here with the Thursday night football game. We got the Jets and the Ravens. Baltimore is favored by 15 and a half in this game. You know, looking at the showdown slate here, Grant, what's kind of standing out to you for the Jets?
2: Pass. No, um, like, I don't know. It's just tough. It's obviously not a great match the Jets. offense has shown some upside recently. Um, like honestly, Depend, they already ruled out Powell. So if Montgomery plays, I think that's a pretty decent spot to play him. I mean, he's priced there at 3 K. k If you're looking for some value here, outside of him, like you can get, take a shot on Robbie Anderson. Chances are he's probably not going to do anything. But on the off chance where he does end up with a big, big catch, or if he ends up with a large amount of targets, the problem is he's beginning to getting these targets against bad teams. I mean, maybe Darnold is showing better connection with him, maybe not. He's priced up a bit, but you got to look for something over on the Jets' side. My favorite tournament play is probably Montgomery, but Robbie Anderson would probably be the second guy I go with.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously it's it's tough to like anything here. I think, um, you know, Daniel Brown is a little interesting uh, with Griffin already ruled out. You know, Daniel Brown played 85% of the snaps last week. We know Darnold likes these underneath easy throws. Um, So I don't hate like a Daniel Brown as like a a tournament flyer here, but really for me, and I feel like for a lot of people, we're going to be loading up on Baltimore here. Um, I I think that they're obviously the team that we're going to be stacking in this game. And, you know, you start with Lamar Jackson, you play Ingram, you play all these guys, you know, the tight end situation is where it gets interesting. Because I think you can take shots on Boyle and Hurst uh, because they both have touchdown equity um, every single week.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Like Boyle or Hurst, both priced around four, four and a half k. Um, Both have touchdown upside. Both can be heavily involved in the offense. I think that Andrews is still questionable. So obviously, if he gets ruled out, which I'm kind of looking like he isn't, then it's going to be a spot where you pretty much lock and load one of the two tight ends. Um, but outside of them, like Jackson, obviously, it's a fantastic play. He's just so darn expensive where it's really tough to fit him into your lineup. Um, Ingram, not a bad play. I think you can take a shot on Gus Edwards if you need to go with an off-the-board guy or even potentially Willie Sneed. Um, I know he hasn't done a whole lot this season, but he's been like a pretty decent touchdown equity guy. Like he already has five touchdowns in the season. He has three touchdowns in his last four games on only nine total targets. So, he gives you a little bit of upside there at 5K, but outside of that, it's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, like Baltimore has already clinched the playoff. They have a really good chance um, to clinch. I'm pretty sure they can – I don't know if they can clinch um, the first round by this week, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's this week that they can do it, um, depending on what Kansas City and – New England does so you know we know that they're in um, you know it just really depends on where they're going to be I think if you want to get different on this slate you play somebody besides Lamar Jackson as your captain I I think he's going to be the highest owned captain I'm not saying in cash games that I would not play Jackson in your captain spot that's a no-brainer for me but in tournaments I think you can take shots on other people here, Um, you know, Baltimore defense type stuff like that um, just to be different because Lamar Jackson captain is going to be insanely highly owned in this game. So, you know, if you want to be different in tournaments, you can definitely look at that. But let's move on to the main slate here. We get started with Chicago at Green Bay, 41 total. Packers favored by five in this game. Is there anything that's standing out to you here for the Bears?
2: Not really. I mean, I think you could – Like, game script-dependent, Cohen could have a decent game. Um, Robinson and Miller are kind of always in play. Trubisky has upside occasionally. Montgomery, Price is all right, and it's a bad run defense. But
0: I'm probably fading
2: every single person from the Chicago team.
1: Yeah, I don't really love the Bears. Like you said, Cohen, um, you know, is interesting. Montgomery has been getting carries. If he gets carries in this game, he could have a good game here. You know, I wouldn't be shocked by that. And, you know, I don't hate the price tag at 5500 You know, if he's going to get 20 carries against this team, he can definitely hit value. But, you know, I just it's tough to really trust anybody from the Bears. I'm with you. Um, You know, I think that if Anthony Miller, his price didn't come up and like Gabriel could play too. We got to kind of watch that. So yeah, I think Chicago could trail. So maybe some of these pass catchers are interesting if you're playing some Green Bay pieces here. But Not a game that I love. You know, you go to the Green Bay side of things. You know, they've been absolutely crushing running backs with running backs all season. You know, we looked at last week, Aaron Jones had a big game. Him and Williams have had big games all season. Uh, What's your thoughts on the Packers?
2: On the Packers, it's really just Aaron Jones and Devonta Adams for me and strictly GPP plays. Like Aaron Jones obviously can have a massive game versus pretty much any team. Um, Like the Bears have definitely been more susceptible to run. They give up high volume of targets to opposing running backs. And Aaron Jones, obviously a guy that can get done in the receiver game to a massive extent. And then Devontae Adams, it's it's just because of the massive volume he could potentially see. I know that Bears limit targets to opposing wide receivers, but Adams is the focal point of this offense. He's probably going to end up with around 10 targets in this matchup here. Very easily could end up with two touchdowns. So you're just going for them not based on the matchup, but strictly based on the upside.
1: Um, yeah, I I don't hate that idea. You know, Adams is just, he's always going to be a guy that, you know, you can look at here. So, um, definitely don't mind him ever. New England at Cincinnati, 40 and a half total here. Patriots favored by 10 in this game. Um, you know, what are you liking here for the Patriots?
2: I mean, you can take a shot on Sony, but I'm not going to. He's just been kind of phased out of the offense a bit in most weeks, but it is Belichick. Any given time he can give Sony a whole bunch of work. So I don't hate that play. I'm not going to do it. James White, obviously a guy could be heavily involved in the receiving game, and he's been getting more work in the actual running game recently. So he's a guy going up against a terrible Cincinnati defense that could do quite a bit of work. Edelman, if he plays and it looks like he's fine, then obviously probably going to get 10, 12 targets in this matchup here, has touchdown equity, has hundred-yard Receiving upside, and I don't think he's going to draw a lot of ownership, but another game where I just don't see a whole lot.
1: Yeah, you know, Cincinnati's 30th in DVOA, you know, 30th against the pass, 28th against the run. sunny Michelle week. I really think Sonny Michelle scores two touchdowns this week. So he's a guy that I have pretty high up on my list this week. I think he's going to have a good game. I think you can always play Edelman. Um, yeah, this is just not a game that I expect Cincinnati. I like New England defense in this game. I think they have a lot of upside. So, the New England defense, Sonny Michelle, Stack, even on the road here, I think is very interesting against Cincy. And then on the other side of this game, you know, the Patriots allow the least amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. And I just don't see myself playing anybody from Cincinnati in this spot. Yep. Pass. Yeah, just well, – we'll quickly get through this one. Houston at Tennessee, 50 total here. Tennessee favored by three. Um, this game right here is a game that I circled um, when I started this week. And, like, you just look at this game, and this, this game just screams shootout. This is for, you know, who's going to be leading the south as far as the AFC goes heading into the last two weeks. Like, this game is, is a big game. And, like, I don't know if enough people are talking about this game.
2: I mean, I feel like a lot of people are talking about it. I mean, Watson is clearly one of the best plays on the entire slate at QB. He's one of the safest plays considering the implied total, what he can get done with his legs and his price tag on a slate where we don't really have a whole lot of reliable quarterbacks. So Watson definitely a guy that's in play for cash and tournaments. Shows a lot of upside if you're going to pair him with someone. It's obviously Hopkins, even if Fuller ends up playing. uh, I still like Hopkins, just not nearly to the extent. If Fuller ends up playing, though – I think you can take a shot on four. We know that he is a guy that can go deep at, with any given pass. He has massive yards upside. We saw it against Atlanta with 217. We saw it against Indy with 140, a team that doesn't really give up at a lot of big plays or a lot of uh, points to opposing wide receivers. So a wide receiver, I think you can go with either of them. And then Duke Johnson is looking kind of interesting here. Um, I could see Tennessee being up by a decent amount. They've gotten ahead by large amounts to opposing or against most teams recently. They've been putting up massive points totals, and Houston has a tendency to kind of get down early in a lot of games. So Duke Johnson, if they're down early, he's probably going to come in the game and be heavily involved in the preceding game. Eight targets and six targets the last two weeks, has some touchdown equity, can actually run the ball. So Duke Johnson at 4,100, if you're looking for some value, it's not a bad play.
1: Yeah, I don't hate that idea. You know, I, I really do like the spot for Hopkins. I think he, you know, crushes here. Jordan Akins is another guy that like randomly finds the end zone. I think he's a large field tournament tight end play at nine targets last week, um, ran a lot more routes than fells. So don't mind Aikens, um if Fuller sits. Um, Kiki Kote had eight targets last week too. So you'll have to kind of pay attention to that one. If we get news that uh, Fuller is going to be out, um, you know, he's you know, pretty cheap across the industry. So, you could you could definitely take a shot on Cote if he, if you remember heading into the season like he was a guy that was talked about a lot um, with this Houston team. So, um, but yeah, I like Watson as well. Uh, you know, you mentioned him. I like him and Hopkins a lot in this game. And then going to the other side, you know, I, I keep I keep tooting my own horn, but I was really right about Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, getting a fair shot here in Tennessee, and he's really taking advantage of it. He's 6,500 this week, but I think he has 30-plus point upside in this game, and I don't think a lot of people will end up playing him. And, you know, we look at this team, Houston's allowing the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last four games.
2: Yeah, I think the third most fantasy points on the season, if I remember correctly, but could be wrong there. Yeah, Yeah, uh, so, yeah, Tannehill right there with you. Great, great tournament play. Like, he's a guy – he can't continue to be this efficient, but – this is the type of game where he could end up throwing 35, 40 passes. I mean, we saw it against Carolina earlier on the season. Any game where it's potentially going to be close, he could end up with a large volume. He's only thrown 27, 22, 18, 19 the last four games, but those have been a little bit different scenarios. Derrick Henry's gone just absolutely buck wild and just run all over defenses, and the games haven't really been close. If this game's close, he could see a larger volume of, tar- or larger volume of passes here. And then Derek Henry, I'm going to keep playing him. Like, what he's doing right now, the workload he's getting, the efficiency he's had, he's just going to continue to just keep crushing. And 8,500, people aren't going to blame him this price tag. I'm going to. He has 35-point upside, very much in play. If I'm more, if I'm picking a wide receiver, it's A.J. Brown. I know that he's the most priced up of them, but just the explosive plays they can get, the massive catches he can get, the touchdown equity, everything like, he's clearly Tannehill's favorite target. He's got a lot of uh, lot of talent here. A.J. Brown's a fantastic play for tournaments at 6K.
1: Yeah, and I think you can pair Tannehill with Henry, too. Like, it's definitely been working a lot recently. You know, Henry's been having these big games. Tannehill's been having these big games, so – you know, obviously you'd use a lot of cap, but I like the Tannehill Henry Hopkins stack. I, I think that like that's a way to game stack this game, but I, I really like this game. I really like Tennessee. And um yeah, just Derrick Henry's been absolutely crushing. This is a good matchup for him as well. So, you know, ever since Watt has gone out, this team has been a lot worse against the run. So really like Derrick Henry um in this spot as well. Moving on, we got Denver at Kansas City, forty six and a half total here. Kansas City favored by 10 in this game. Uh, What's standing out to you here for the Denver Broncos? I mean, Locke's
2: just been on a tear. He's looking great in that offense. 5,700. He's one of my favorite QBs on the entire slate. He's gotten 27 points in the last game with only 27 passes. This is a game where they're likely to be trailing for the majority of the game. And so he's probably going to be throwing quite a bit. They won't rely as heavily on their running backs as they have been. And taking him and pairing him with Sutton, Who's just been fantastic this year has is a great wide receiver is has a connection with Locke. I really like him at fifty nine hundred. He's one of my favorite receiver plays on the entire slate. And the Noah Fant guy that's probably going to be overlooked if he ends up playing played absolutely fantastic last week. Has huge upside. Has two hundred yard uh, two separate hundred yard games so far this season. Has touchdown equity. Probably would have had a touchdown if he hadn't dropped it against the Chargers there. So that would have been two in the last two weeks. He's shown a connection with lock here. He should put up a boatload of points and no one's really gonna play because all the top price tight ends are in great spots.
1: Yeah, if Noah Fant ends up sitting, I think Royce Freeman is really interesting for tournaments. They almost split carries or snaps last week. I think it was like 51 and 49% between Lindsey And Freeman, and it's been that way, you know, a good portion of the season. So, if Noah Fant gets out, Freeman becomes a guy that's really interesting in the passing game out of the backfield. So, I think he sees some more, you know, some extra snaps and, you know, a few extra targets here. So, definitely wouldn't mind Royce Freeman. Um, But, yeah, I'm with you on Sutton. I think this is a really good spot for him. It's very obvious that Drew Locke is going to, you know, target Sutton a, a lot in this passing game. On the Kansas City side, you know, Kansas City's always in play. Tyree Kill, you know, he's pretty much unguardable. Sammy Watkins had eight targets last week. Kelsey's going to get a ton of targets. The running game is a mess. Um, you know, we saw the M- McCoy play. We saw Thompson play. And then freshly signed Spencer Ware played. I- I'm just staying away from the running game at this point. Um, none of these guys are playing enough snaps. Like, Spencer Ware played the most snaps last week, like, that makes zero sense, but he's 3,100 if you want to roll the dice, but there's zero chance I'm doing it.
2: Yeah, I'm staying away from the running backs entirely. I just don't trust anything. There's other good plays on this slate, so there's no reason for me to go to KC just hoping that one of them magically gets the lion's share of the workload. Where I'm looking at it, it's Hill, it's Kelsey, it's Mahomes. It's Mahomes and his favorite options. Tyreek Hill, it's a not an easy matchup. He's a guy that can absolutely crush. Given matchup, we saw him earlier on the season with Matt Moore throwing the ball to him, go for a 50 yard touchdown against this team. We've seen him do big things in the past versus this team. He's a guy that can crush his $7,500 price tag and be the highest scoring wide receiver on the slate. And then Kelsey, Denver funnels a whole lot of targets to opposing tight ends. He's a guy that has been getting a lot of touchdowns recently in comparison to what he was doing earlier on this season he's getting high volume of targets gonna be even bigger this week he's a guy that i really like in this spot here the problem is there's a lot of good tight end options
1: yeah you know it's it's tyreek it's kelsey it's mahomes like i'm with you maybe a few shots on sammy Watkins just because he owes me um Never again. <laughs> Never me. again. He owes me. He owes me so much. Um, we got the Dolphins and the Giants. Forty-six and a half total here. Giants favored by three and a half. Um, I, it's always weird to say this, but this is one of my favorite games on the slate. Like I played a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. Going right back to the well and playing a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. Um, I absolutely love this game and love so much about this game and. Really, we don't even know who's going to be playing wide receiver this week for the Dolphins, and I still like Fitzpatrick here.
2: Yeah, I mean, everyone laughed at me when I said, play Fitzpatrick the first six of the week, six weeks of the season, or first three because he didn't start the next two. Look at him now, greatest QB in the league by far. Um, no, but Fitzpatrick, like even if he doesn't have a whole lot of guys to throw to, he can get done with his legs. Um, so it's an interesting spot here going up against a bad Giants defense. And if Parker is out, if Parker's in, you play Parker. If Parker's out, then Hearns and Isaiah Ford are probably going to get a large volume of this passing game. And Hearns, we know that they want to stick with him. They are giving him a big contract. He's been getting targets in recent weeks. And if Parker's out, he's going to see an even larger volume of it. Love both of them. I think you can go with Laird just as a cheap option here. Going to be heavily involved in the receiving game. Five targets in each of the last two games. Plus, everyone loves Laird. If you don't, then you should not – play DFS because he's fantastic. Um, and then Gusecki, not a bad play. Like, I like all parts of this passing game just because they're so darn cheap. And pairing them with Fitz magic is just an easy thing to do.
1: Yeah, really, it's all going to depend on Parker. If Parker sits, you look at Hearns and Ford, like you said, Gasecki as well. Patrick Laird, Laird um, obviously, he's another guy. He had 15 carries last week. Gaskins only had four he outsnapped him 84% to 17 and a half. So they played a couple snaps together, but you know, it's, it's Patrick Laird um, in this backfield and he's definitely in play on PPR sites um, going up here against the giants who they stink. So definitely don't have to get involved in that, but, you know, going to the other side of this game, like Eli Manning is very interesting here. Um, you know, it's the Dolphins. Eli is really cheap at 5,200. I like cheap quarterbacks. And the other thing that's kind of standing out here is, like, Evan Ingram is getting really close to returning and could play in this game. Golden Tate could play in this game. Like, he could have his his full, like, go here with all these guys. And, And Barkley is probably one of the best running backs on the slate.
2: Yeah, Barkley will start out there. 7,700 going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league. He's heavily involved in the passing game. He should get a large volume in this game here. He should absolutely crush. He's had some bad games recently, but he hasn't broken off a big run since week one where he had a 59-yard run. It was something that was happened with consistency last year. I know the Dolphins' inability to tackle for the most part and their bad run defense. He can absolutely go for 200-plus yards in this matchup here. Plus, he could end up with 10 targets, or he could end up with 10 targets here. Manning, too cheap. Pairing him with Barkley is not a bad idea, considering how much Manning dumped off the ball to Barkley last season. He had 123 uh, targets, I think, last season. So it's not going to be surprising at all if we get 10-plus targets here, although I don't think he's going to need to as much because – Dolphins are going to get nearly as much pressure as a lot of other teams will. And then pairing him with a guy like Tate, Shepard, Ingram, like all depending on who's play is not a bad idea. Who plays is not a bad idea. And if Tate and Ingram are both out, then. I think we look at Slayton again, just what he did in the last game, the big games that he's had in the last four weeks. He's a guy that's heavily involved in this offense. If the other wide receivers or Ingram and Tate are both out, then he's a guy at 4,700 that offers a lot of value.
1: Um, I don't really have anybody else, right? I think that's it from this one. Yep. Eagles and Redskins, 40 total here. Philly favored by four in this game. Um, you know, Jeffrey not expected to play. Nelson Aguilar is questionable. Um, JJRC white Whiteside is questionable. Um, the whole running back situation is questionable. What do you like here for Philly?
2: For Philly, I mean, we have to wait and see what happens if Aguilar plays. Then you play Aguilar at 4K. He's just a fantastic um, price savings for a guy that's going to get a boatload of uh, work in this game here. I think that you can play Wince just because Washington is so bad, um, but it's not a great play. Ertz, Goddard, both of them are fantastic plays, especially if Aguilar's out because they're the two. They're the two main wide receivers on this team. I'm probably for the most part staying away from the running back uh, running game, but. We just saw Bart Scott get a decent amount of work, and he's 3K. I think he's a potential tournament flyer. He's a guy that can be heavily involved in the receiving game here. So Bart Scott could be a great, great GVP play there at 3K. And then outside of that, we're just waiting here on Aguilar's news. If he's out, then Whiteside and Greg Ward are, I think, literally the only two wide receivers that are on the roster at this moment.
1: Yeah, what's crazy here is – we have to look at it this way. Dallas is 6-7 and seven and Philly is six 6-7. The East and the NFC is wide open. Um, it, it's going to be one of these two teams. So, like, Philly still has something to play for. After everything and as bad as this team has been this season, like, Philly still has something to play for because the East and the Cowboys have been so terrible as well. So, you know, it, it's, it's three games out of the whole season. I think Dallas has the tiebreaker. Um, so, it's just – really like it's going to come down to this, but you know, you have to, you kind of have to like Philly here because they're playing for something and they have a lot of injuries. So we got to wait and see, like you said, on Nelson Aguilar, he did not participate in practice on Wednesday. That's not a good sign to start the week. So we're going to have, Two really cheap receivers here with Whiteside and Ward, like you mentioned, and then, like, the tight ends. Ertz and Goddard are both in play here if we get news that Nelson Aguilar does not suit up because they have to win this game. Like, this is a must-win spot for Philly because, you know, Washington's 3-10 and and they ter- they're terrible. Um I also kind of like the Philly defense a little bit in this game, too. Um, is there anything here that's standing out to you for Washington?
2: AP with guys out just based on sheer volume and the fact that he's AP. He can go for 100 yards. He can go for a touchdown or two. He's 4.4K. If I, I can get 20 points out of him and be happy, I mean, he put up what one yard away from a, what is it, 18 point outing, which is more than enough to get me there for 4,400. Um, you can play McLaurin. I'm not, like he's always got upside, but I'm not playing him with baskets like QB.
1: Yeah, even with the Ohio State connection, um, there's just so many guys that are cheaper. Uh, I just don't see a ton of upside here with McLaurin. And he was a guy that we played a ton at the beginning of the season, but obviously things change. Tampa Bay at Detroit, 46 and a half total here. Tampa favored by three and a half in this game. Um, Let's start here with the the Buccaneers. Obviously, you know, we know Mike Evans not going to play, which frees up some wide receiver value, maybe some tight end value here. what are we looking at when it comes to Tampa Bay?
2: I mean, I think Godwin's going to be the chalk wide receiver on the slate, and it's it's basically like it's, it's, he's the top option for a reason. Uh, without Mike Evans on the offense, he should see a higher volume of targets. He should see more work, and he is a guy that's had massive upside this entire season. We've seen him go for 30 points multiple times so far. and We've already seen a 40-point game out, of or two rather. So he's a guy that is very much in play, a guy that I want to play a lot of. Outside of him, Perryman and Watson will probably see the majority of the work here. Both of them are cheap enough, where in this type of offense, going up against the Detroit's defense, can put up big games. OJ Howard and Braid are both in play. I could see them moving OJ Howard out wide. I know that Bruce Arians doesn't seem to like him, but he's gotten five targets and six targets the last two weeks. He's probably going to be more involved in the game because he is such a great wide receiver or a great receiver. Um, so either one of those guys are fine. Winston's fine. But outside of Godwin, I'm not overwhelmingly happy to play anyone.
1: Yeah, I'll mix in some Perryman. I'll mix in some Watson. I'll mix in some O.J. Howard. I'll play some Winston. I'm not touching the running back situation. These guys are just – it's really just a coin flip at this point. Who's going to play the snaps? Like, you know, nobody played over 35% of the snaps last week. Nobody has played over four, 50% in, in, like, I think four or five straight games. So – I I like Chris Godwin. I like Watson. Those are probably my two favorites, but Perryman and Howard with Winston. This team, Detroit has really struggled with, you know, just the pass in general here. So, and this game's indoors. Like, you know, it's that time of the year where indoor games matter. Um, You know, the Detroit side of things, we've talked about it all season. This this Tampa Bay defense is number one in DVOA against the run, but they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points two opposing quarterbacks. David Blau, um, he's cheap, 5,300, just like Eli. This is another guy that I like as a cheap quarterback play here going up against this funnel defense.
2: David Blau might be my favorite QB on the entire slate. Going up against Tampa Bay, we know it's a funnel defense. Yes, he did just lose Marvin Jones, but he still has Galladay and is a pretty decent wide receiver. Um, so, like, he still has a bunch of upside. He's probably going to see a whole bunch of work in this game, they don't really want to run, and Tampa Bay is very much a funnel pass defense. So both of them are fantastic plays. I love, I love, love, love Plough. and I love play, pairing him with Galladay here. Outside of that, really not a whole lot I'm looking at. I mean, with the lack of depth at wide receiver, maybe Lacey gets in the game a decent amount. I don't know. I have to
1: – I'm going to have to play this game.
2: Yeah, and he's 3K, like – just based on the pass funnel of uh, Tampa Bay and and the lack of depth, Lacey at 3K has to be in play, and so does Amendola.
1: Yeah, let me be clear. Like, Galladay is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Uh, I just want to make sure that's clear. Like, I love this spot for him. He's going to get a ton of targets in this game, and then I like Amendola on the cheap side. Um, don't know how much I'd play Amendola on, like, a fan duel, but – I think Amandola is a really good play on, you know, Fantasy Draft and DraftKings where we get a full-point PPR. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't really like Jesse James. I don't like Logan Thomas. Don't really want to trust those guys. You know, the snaps are all over the place. The routes are all over the place. Um, so, don't want to trust either one of those guys.
2: Just watch Jesse James snake two touchdowns from Galladay.
1: Yeah. I'm and you just and ruin my day. Just texting you and yelling at you if that happens. Seattle Seahawks, Carolina Panthers, 48 and a half total here. Seattle is favored by six in this game. Um, I I think, you know, you're probably looking at Chris Carson in all formats this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, he's gone without Penny in the offense. He's going to just get a boatload of carries. We saw earlier on the season without Penny there. He was getting 25 plus carries almost every single matchup. Carolina has been atrocious versus the run so far this season. So Carson is absolutely a guy that I'm looking at to just crush in this spot. I'm going to be one of my higher-owned running backs on the slate. Wilson, probably not going with him, not going with Lockett, not going with Metcalf. Interesting guy is Gordon. He got five targets last week. He's still a great wide receiver, and he's at 3,700. At the beginning of the season, when you heard he was going to be playing this year, I didn't think I'd ever see him at this price tag, but here we are in a different offense with a probably better quarterback at this moment. Um, Josh Gordon makes an interesting tournament option here.
1: Yeah. I like that call. Um, I definitely don't hate this one. Um, but yeah, it, it like I'm starting with Carson here. I always think you could take shots on Russell Wilson. Um but I like Josh Gordon, I, it's just the, the receivers, like Lockett had six targets, more, Metcalf had six targets, Gordon had five targets, Turner had three, Moore had two. Like I have more interest in playing a guy like Hollister um, in this spot at, at 3,800. He's just, he's getting consistent targets in this offense and he's a red zone threat. So, you know, Hollister is a guy, like if I was playing Wilson, I'd probably pair him with either Hollister or Carson or both. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate the wide receivers, it's just, you know, you got to figure out which one's going to score the touchdowns or or touchdown, so you know, it's tough to it's tough to love those guys, but I uh, really love Carson here. As far as Carolina goes, you know, Christian McCaffrey always, you know, a guy that you can look at, but are you a little concerned with Christian McCaffrey at this, you know, 10k price tag and, you know, they got down against Atlanta, and, you know, he still had 12 targets in that game. Like, he's still on the field. He's still getting his workload. He just is not getting as much rushing attempts as we would hope for.
2: Yeah, still don't care. Um, he's game script proof. He's going to get volume. He should crush. It's that simple. Um,
1: he had a terrible yeah. game last week and scored 24 and a half fantasy points.
2: Yeah, he had a terrible game last week, scored 24 and a half points. Terrible game of the week before, still had 17 decent game the week before that but only averaged 2.9 yards per carry and ended up with 34 points the guy is going to get it done it's just going to happen 10k you're doing a little bit of a price decrease for a guy averaging 30 points on the season i'll take 3x from him at that price tag outside of him dj moore Ian thomas are fine plays i'm probably not really going with him
1: is olsen expected back He's questionable uh, was, still, right?
2: Yeah, still questionable. Concussion, so he was yeah. a limited participant Wednesday. But it's concussion, so you never really know, especially with a guy at his
1: age. Yeah, I would really like Ian Thomas here. Uh, Seattle's allowing the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends over the last four weeks and the second most on the season. So Ian Thomas, 10 targets last week. If I want Olsen to sit. like I think Thomas would be one of the best tight end plays on the entire slate if Olsen sits. So. Um, I don't even hate Olsen if he plays at 3,900 because it's, you know, concussion. It's not like foot or, you know, arm or anything like that. So um, I wouldn't mind playing Greg Olsen if he plays. Jacksonville at Oakland, 45 and a half total here. Oakland favored by six and a half in this game. Uh, what's kind of standing out to you here for Jacksonville?
2: I mean, a decent play. we got a lot of running backs around the same range, but Oakland's run defense hasn't been the same as it was earlier on the season. So Fournette, just the amount of workload he's getting in the game, it probably is going to be fairly close, in my opinion. Um, he's a guy that's in play. Minshew is cheap. Chark, Didi, Conley all have upside of the price tags, but no one's really standing off the page here. Um, all these guys are just in play. They're not great plays.
1: Yeah, like I like Leonard Fournette in the spot. I think he's you know probably the guy that I'd have the most interest in the spot, but. I don't love it. If DJ Chark doesn't play, I think Chris Conley becomes very, very interesting. Um, You know, DJ Chark is unlikely to play in this game. So if that happens, I think that, you know, you can look at Didi. you can look at, you know, Conley in this game. You don't really trust the tight end situation. So, you know, these guys are cheap. Chris Conley's 3,600 here going up against Oakland. Um, And Minshew will chuck in this game. So, you know, especially if Westbrook, it sits too, like, man, like... Deep you know. tournament. If Westbrook and Chark sit... Keelan Cole!
2: Yeah, buddy. Uh, Keelan Cole, we saw the type of upside. Like, if, if Chark and Westbrook both sit, I pretty much have to play, like, 40% Minchu, Conley, Cole, double stacks. Like, just all over the place. I don't see how they don't end up paying off massive value Cole is a good wide receiver that just is in an offense with three other better wide receivers. Like this Jacksonville team, they may not be great, but they actually do have some decent wide receiver pieces here. So if the, both those guys are out, Keeling Cole at three K, I'm just going to lose a boatload of money with it.
1: Yeah, what's what's funny about it too is like all the I, I like all these like cheap quarterbacks, so, like, expensive quarterbacks are just going to go nuts this week. That's that's what's going to happen. Um, yep. So, yeah, pay attention to the injury news here. And, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, he's the guy that gets a lot of targets with Minshew at quarterback. So, um, the Oakland side, obviously, we're waiting on Josh Jacobs news. Um, you know, they were optimistic. And then, like, Gruden, like, made sure everybody knew that just because um, the MRI was good doesn't mean he's going to necessarily play. So, we'll have to kind of wait and see. This is a 4 o'clock game. If if we get news that Jacobs doesn't play, like, you know, Washington becomes another great value play here in the passing game against this run defense. Like, you know, he would be a guy that I'd be very, very high on in this spot.
2: Yeah, if Jacobs doesn't play, play Washington. Jacksonville's allowed pretty close. I think they're still at the top of the league in terms of rushing yards per attempt at opposing running backs. If Jacobs does play, play Jacobs for that exact same reason. As to that, I'm not playing Derek Carr. I'm not playing Tyrell. I'm not playing Zay Jones. The one guy I will play is Waller. Without Moreau in that offense, snaking his touchdowns, which Waller has been fantastic this season. He only has three touchdowns. So without Moreau in there, he's probably going to end up with one here. So really like Derek and Waller here. Really like whatever running back ends up playing.
1: All right. Um, we move on. We got the Browns and the Cardinals. Forty-eight total here. Cleveland's favored by two in this game. Um, what do you like here for Cleveland?
2: Uh, if he plays, which it looks like he, which he should, Nijoku, forty-two hundred, going up against the Cardinals. I know they didn't do too much last week, but he's probably going to be largely overlooked when he was one of Baker's favorite targets. Um, I know he's been out for a while, but he looks like he's for the most part at full health. Najoku, probably going to crush in this matchup. Um, Landry and Beckham, both questionable, but I'm assuming they're going to play going up against a bad Arizona defense. This isn't a bad stack spot with Mayfield and two of Landry, Beckham, and Najoku. I like all of them at their price tags. They should get volume against a very bad pass defense. It's just that simple. I don't think I'm playing Chubb or Hunt like unless I'm not playing any other Cleveland players. Like, it's strictly going to be a one-off for Chubb, hoping that the game just gets out of hand, and then they just run the ball over and over again with Chubb. But that's the only real reason that I would use him. Yeah, pretty much it. I mean, it's a pretty cut-and-dry team to go over.
1: Yeah, they're playing, like, they're playing both Hunt and Chubb over 50% of the snaps. Um, like, if you come across Chubb or, like, Hunt cheaper on any of the other sites, like, they're both kind of interesting, you know, they're both going to get, you know, plenty of work here, um, you know, Cream Hunt getting carries, Chubb getting carries, so. But I agree with you, I think Landry is interesting. Odell Beckham eventually is going to have a big game, just continuing to, you know, keep playing him and wait for it. Um But I don't mind the Baker call there. Kyler Murray on the other side of this game, I think he's a little interesting here. You know, Kenyon Drake still getting a majority of the snaps at running back. Christian Kirk and and Fitzgerald getting a majority of the targets. Um, So, I think you look at Murray, I think you compare him with Kirk. Um, I don't hate Kenyon Drake, but really like my favorite play here is probably Christian Kirk.
2: Yeah, Christian Kirk's one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. People will look at his numbers, see they hasn't done great recently. It was against Pittsburgh. It was against Jalen Ramsey and the Rams. It was against San Francisco. Before that, absolutely smashed against Tampa Bay. Before that, did nothing versus San Francisco. Fantastic team. Like He has not done well in tough matchups, but in good matchups, which this one isn't good, but it's not bad. He can absolutely smash. we should see a large volume of rim. I really like Kyler Murray. I really like Christian Kirk. And that's really it for me here. I'm, not, I'm done playing Fitz, which may be just dumb at this point, but I, I, there's no reason for me to play Fitz. Like he may he doesn't show a huge amount of upside. Still going to get some targets, but I just don't I, – I don't want to play anymore. It's all Christian Kirk for me or nothing.
1: All right. Uh, we move on. We got the Vikings and the Chargers. 45 total here. Minnesota is favored by two and a half in this game. Anything kind of standing out to you here for the Vikings? I mean, I think
2: Thielen, now that he's back in the offense, like – It's not a great matchup versus the Chargers, but it's still Adam Thielen. I don't think he's going to be heavily owned. He's 6,300, which is really cheap here. I think you could potentially take a shot at him as it looks like he's going to play. Cook, I think he's going to miss the cut for me, um, just strictly because the other running backs in the range, he's still probably dealing with that chest injury. Um, I know he got a huge workload earlier on the season, but I don't know if I'll give that to him here. Um, I think Madison will probably still take them away just because they don't want Cook to be banged up for the playoffs. So really like, I don't have a whole lot of interest in anyone outside
1: of probably Thielen or Diggs. They got to make the playoffs first. Like <laughs> they're, they're in the, they're in the hunt. Obviously they're nine and four, but man, the NFC is it's loaded this year. Like, you know, you look at the two teams in the wild card, it's Seattle at 10 and three and Minnesota at nine and four. And you got the Rams at eight and five waiting right behind them. So it's not like this is like a guaranteed spot. actually, Dalvin cook um, is interesting here for tournaments. Uh, we look at the chargers are 23rd in DVOA um, against the run this season. And, you know, they're a team that is, you know, ranked 24th against pass catching running backs. So I, I think that like, this is a spot cook could get an extra couple targets and um, have a good game here and, The Chargers really aren't playing for anything, so I think Dalvin Cook, is interesting. Um, Don't mind Thielen, like you said, if he plays. If he doesn't play, I think you can look at Diggs. On the Chargers side of things, like, again, they're not really playing for anything. And, you know, we kind of saw Eckler get a little bit more work than Melvin Gordon last week, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see that again in this game.
2: I mean, it it just ended up training that way because – of the blowout, and because he was doing so well, they wanted to give him that 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving. Melvin Gordon was clearly the guy in the first half. He was running a whole lot. He actually got a touchdown snake from him by what? I would drastically prefer Melvin in this spot here. I mean, I'm fine with Eckler for tournaments. But Melvin, prior to, or yeah, prior to this week, 12 carries in a blowout where they weren't running him at all in the second half. He had 15 points in the first half, or 16 points in the first half, that ended up with 19. Um, against Denver, 20 carries, against KC, 14 carries, against Oakland, 22 carries, against Green Bay, 20 carries. We're getting Melvin Gordon pretty much in the same exact role we saw with him last year at 6,500, where he has massive touchdown equity. It's not an easy matchup here, but I really like Melvin. I like Keenan Allen at his price tag. I think that he could potentially be in for a big game going up against a defense that has given up the third most points to opposing wide receivers. And Mike Williams is just too cheap. He finally got a touchdown last week. But in the last three weeks, 14 points, 19 points, and nine points, I guess. But he ended up with 76 yards in that matchup. He's a guy that can go for deep bombs almost every single time. He's had three, four straight weeks, five straight weeks, six straight weeks. Wow, I didn't even realize the six straight weeks of a catch over 40 yards. The guy has big play potential. He has touchdown equity if they actually target him in the red zone. He's 4,600. I love Mike Williams.
1: All right, you know I don't hate it. Um, also, Hunter position, Henry, Minnesota. Finally final scored started. a touchdown last week, Mike Williams. So well, yeah, good. I
2: played a bunch of them. I was pretty happy about that, even though he didn't do great. I'll take I'll take a fourteen point game for him at his price tag.
1: Yeah, it was nice to finally welcome him to two thousand nineteen. Rams and Cowboys, forty nine total here. Rams favored by one in this game. Um, Grant, this is the best game stack on the week. This is the game stack that is the best game stack of the week. It's two teams and a must win. I think that this is going to be a really high-scoring football game.
2: Yeah, and every Ram is underpriced. we got Jared Goff at 9,100. Dallas isn't a great defense. You look at their numbers. A lot of it's based on the fact that they were playing just absolute garbage teams at the beginning of the year. I mean, you look at what their defense was doing against the Giants, the Redskins, Miami, Bridgewater, New Orleans – It was good, but really they haven't been that great the rest of the season. Um, It's that simple. Like, Goff should crush here. Gurley is in a great spot going up against a team that gives up a large volume of targets to opposing running backs, and he's been getting 20-plus carries recently. So he's a guy at 6K that's way too cheap and considering what he can do. Yes, I'm concerned about Malcolm Brown snaking a touchdown, but don't care. Still going to use a lot of Gurley. Woods clearly the top option in this offense right now, which probably means that Cup's going to end up with 12 targets this week. Cooks is pretty much out of the offense, so it's Woods and it's Cup and it's Higby, who is also too cheap, going up against a team that gives up a lot of targets to opposing tight ends. Higby had 11, 8, and 6 in the last three weeks. If Everett misses, Higby's a fantastic option. I love everyone in this offense outside of Cook, which I really don't even hate just because he's 4,500.
1: Yeah, don't get fooled here um, by Dallas allowing, you know, really – they've been really better against the tight end recently. Don't don't get fooled by that. They're 28th in DVOA against tight ends. Like, if Everett sits, like, Higby continues to be a fantastic option. Um, and he's still under 4K. So, love him. Love Woods. Like you said, Cooper Cup. I probably will have a couple teams um, with Cooks because I just love this game so much and, like, Cooks still playing a decent amount of snaps. Um, So, love this game and don't hate the Todd Gurley call. Like I said, I want to stack this game a bunch of different ways. This is one of my favorite games on the week. Um, And and then on the Dallas side, like, you know, you go – thinking here that Ramsey's going to shut down Cooper, right? So like this is a week we play Gallup. This is a week that we potentially look at Cobb and Witten. Like I, I really like the Dallas side. And I, you know, obviously Zeke is another guy you can look at here.
2: Yeah, Zeke just based purely on volume is a great play. But the guy my favorite guy in this offense is Gallup. Um, yep. Gallup we know his big play potential. We know the, the volume has been there 10, 7, 6, 13, 10 targets in the last weeks um, we've seen him put up 20 point plus games at the beginning of the season going up against the Rams team where they may end up shadowing Cooper with Ramsey. I think you take one of these wide receivers in pretty much every single one of your um, lineups, you take Cooper, or you take Gallup. One of them is going to go absolutely crazy here. Prescott. I don't mind using him even in a tough matchup versus the Rams. whose defense has been really good recently Dak on pace for 5,000 yards. I believe right now should be, Probably smashing the spot here. You're right. This game stack, I don't really have a bad thing to say about anyone, but I am not playing Witten at 3,700. I don't care.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of good tight end plays today um, or this week. So I can completely understand that. It was just more of like, you know. I understand he's just dead to me. Yeah, Cooper, man. Like, man, if Cooper gets shadowed by Ramsey here, like, you know, I know Jalen Ramsey hasn't been as shut down as he as he has in the past, but. So this is two must-win spots. Both these teams have to win this game. Like, it's it's just such a good spot. Um, you know, finishing up here at the 4 o'clock games for FanDuel and DraftKings, we got Atlanta against San Francisco, 46.5 total here, uh, 49ers favored by 11.5. One of the reasons that I had such a terrible fantasy week last week is because I had hardly any exposure to the New Orleans and San Francisco game, which was terrible. Um, is there anything standing out to you here for Atlanta
2: Julio's fine without Ridley in that offense you can take a shot on Blake Hardy Zacharias just because they're cheap price tag without Ridley there. not going Gage not going Freeman Hooper you can take a shot on but they're other good tight end options I I'll pretty much play Julio in tournaments a little bit and that's the only thing
1: Yeah, I think you could take shots on Julio. I don't hate Gage, but I don't love his price point. Um, They kind of priced him up here with Ridley um, going to be out. I I don't mind Hooper, and, you know, depending on Freeman, like if Freeman ends up sitting, he's dealing with a knee injury, like that could open up all kinds of trying to figure out who Atlanta's going to play at running back again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like the San Francisco side of things, Atlanta has been a lot better recently um, defensively, but they've still really struggled with tight ends. So, I think if you're wanting to pay up at tight end this week, I think Kittle is another really, really good play. Yeah, don't win that at all. Not that he's been a bad play at all any time this season either. Yeah. So.
2: yeah, yeah, Kittle. Just there's so many other tight ends on the slate is really my problem with Kittle, but. Kittle's Kittle. Uh, the guy that I'm really looking at over on the 49ers is Mostert um, or Mostert, whatever his name is. Uh, he's just been so good recently. Shanahan talked about how they're going to give him more of uh, a workload here. Like, he's just been hyper efficient and he's just been so darn good. Price tag of 5,200. Way too cheap. I wouldn't play him over on FanDuel's price tag, but 5,200 on DK. He has massive upside against this Atlanta defense. He's really the guy I'm looking at.
1: Yeah, it was interesting like Brita came back last week and like Coleman was the guy that kind of got shifted out. Um, And, you know, Mozart, uh, Mozart, you know, was the guy that, you know, ended up playing quite a bit. You know, he played 63 and the other guys kind of weren't even out there. So um, I like the Mozart, um, Mozart, you know, call here. I think he's very, very interesting for tournaments. Um, if you're playing on draft key, or if you're playing on fantasy draft in Yahoo, this next game, the Sunday night football game, the bills and the Steelers, um, is on the main slate 36 and a half total here, Pittsburgh favored by two in this game. Um, anything kind of standing out to you here for the bills?
2: Sorry, I'm just trying to pull up pricing right here for the bills. So it depends on if there's wind in this game. Um, check out the weather report. day of if there's some wind, like Josh Allen has been terrible at home so far this year. It's because wind and poor weather. He's being played in Pittsburgh, which isn't much of an upgrade. So check on weather. If the weather it's not gonna be too windy, like he has some upside. It's not an easy matchup, but he's just got he can do it with his legs and he can throw the long ball. Uh, I think that you can play Josh Allen and if it's gonna be a little bit windy, like you can play Cole Beasley, who should be getting a decent amount of dump offs. You can play John Brown if there's not going to be win. We just know that he's such an important part of this offense. And he has touchdown equity. And he has big play upside. He has already had a thirty-seven point game on the season. He's a guy that you could definitely look at if the weather is going to be all right.
1: I think you can look at Singletary too. Um he finally the Frank Gore experiment is over. Like Singletary is out snapping him by almost sixty more percent. So the experiment is over. Singletary is going to be the lead back here. Um, I think he's, you know, kind of interesting. The Pittsburgh defense has been really good this season, and that's kind of why they're favored at home in this game. Um, is there anybody kind of standing out to you here for Pittsburgh? <laughs> like,
2: Nope. I don't want any shares of Pittsburgh. I mean, maybe Johnson, just because he's been so good recently, or was so good last week, and has some upside. You can go with him. You can go with uh, – washington but most likely this is a tough tough bills defense i don't really want to use any of these pittsburgh guys
1: do you have um fantasy draft pricing up in front of you yeah how much is james connor
2: james connor is 13 one
1: yeah see if he was cheaper i'd take some shots on him like it, assuming that he comes back here but I, I just i don't really love anything here if juju's out maybe johnson but this is not a game that I like. I like the defenses. I think both defenses are very much in play in this game. And like I said, I don't mind singletary. Uh, Monday Night Football, we don't have pricing on the showdown slate, but just you know, kind of give our general thoughts really quick. Um, Colts and Saints, 45.5 total. Saints favored by eight in this game. Uh, what do you like here for the Colts? I
2: mean, it depends on if Hilton plays. If Hilton doesn't play, I'll play some Marcus Johnson. I think he's a potential – Decent, cheap guy, I'm assuming, when we get pricing. Um, Marlon Mack isn't a terrible play. Brissett's not a terrible play. Doyle's not a terrible play. The only play I really like, though, which – I mean, it's tough to stay considering we don't know what pricing is going to be. is Johnson, um, Paris Campbell, I think is on the IR again. Uh, so they're back down to very few wide receivers. If Hilton plays, you can play Hilton. He's going to be playing in a dome. We know what T.Y. Hilton does in a dome. Um yeah like it's it's tough to say without pricing but i mean my favorite boy is probably marcus johnson
1: yeah that's it's kind of who i would be looking at i'd guess he'd be the cheaper of the receivers as well so um i don't mind him i don't mind jack doyle but uh don't love this spot for marlon Mack. Uh, i think this is a tough spot for him and then on the the saints side of things like it's, it's michael thomas like captain michael thomas like i know he's going to be expensive but just captain michael thomas
2: yep and if you want to use i mean obviously breeze kamara both in play if jared cook ends up missing then josh hill very much in play but and i mean it's fairly cut and dry with the saints off- offense it's breeze it's michael thomas it's kamara i mean in a showdown slate you can absolutely take a shot on a guy like traquan smith who can get you a touchdown who can get you a big play but it's breeze it's kamara it's michael thomas
1: um, and I don't hate. I don't hate taking a shot on like ginn or Smith on a showdown slate. I'm guessing those guys are going to be pretty cheap. Just throwing them out there. It's the Saints at home. Um. So, all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, give me a running back not in the top five in price uh to go for over a hundred yards rushing here.
2: Um, I need to pull up pricing again. I I, I switch things out. Wait. Nope, never mind. I've got it right here. I'm a big dummy. Um, All right, Not in the top five. I mean, the obvious one is Barkley. I want to go a little bit off the board, so I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon.
1: All right. I'm not going to go off the board. I'm going to go with Chris Carson.
2: Oh, taking the easy one.
1: Locking him in. Um, Give me a wide receiver, not in the top five in pricing, that goes for 100 receiving yards.
2: Um, I'm going with
1: Gallup. Oh, that's who I was going to take, too. Oh well, shoot. No, there's it's plenty great. of options. Oh, there's a lot of options, that's for sure. I'll go Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods is one of the best plays on the slate.
2: Neither one of our neither one of us went with our boy Kenny Galladay. Too easy. Too easy. It's I a lock.
1: He, yeah, he's too expensive. I, I try to go cheaper. Um give me a tight end for a touchdown. Who do you got?
2: Uh Noah Fan. If he ends up playing. If not, then Tyler Higby.
1: Um, I'm gonna go Gaseki scores a touchdown this week. That whole wide receiver core might be out. Um, Under 5K, flex to score over 20 DraftKings points.
2: I'm going ballsy. Josh Gordon. All
1: right. Man, I don't know if he gets the 20, but he's going to crush his price tag this week. Um, I would be shocked if he doesn't. So, I'm going to go with um, Justin Watson a yeah, kid I don't know if he gets the 20 though uh give me a quarterback not in the top five that throws for 300 plus yards uh I'll let you have golf I'll take plow yeah I don't know if I want golf like I oh man I really want to say Eli throws for 300 yards this week Oh, gosh. Old man, Eli. I know, but I, um, you know what? Give me, give me Minshew. Yeah, kid. Give me the stash. Give me the stash. I'm wearing a shirt that has a mustache on it, so I might as well take the stash. So, uh, any Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? (sighs) Nope, nope. Just always good hanging out with you. Yes, sir. Um, You'll actually be back for basketball tomorrow, so we'll get to do this again tomorrow. Yeah, buddy. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday, um, week 15. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back talking some more NBA tomorrow. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. See you, kids.